Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hodgeberg, and this is episode number 359. From the day you get the news that a child is on the way, everybody tells you that you having kids will change your life. That advice is true of so many aspects of your life, including how we cruise. This week's cruise story is about when Pippa took her kids on their first Royal Caribbean cruise. Here we go. We're back this week with a cruise story with a good friend of ours that has been on the podcast a number of times. And I love this week's idea because we're kind of comparing, contrasting. And let's let's face it, guys. Anytime I can get Pippa on the Royal Caribbean Blog podcast and have about 30 minutes or longer of a classic Australian accent. Crikey, mate. I can't turn that down. So joining, that was terrible, joining me on uh, this week's episode, welcome back to the podcast, Pippa from Ocean Time on YouTube, website, hello, Facebook. Hello, hello, G'day, g'day. G'day. How are you? I am wonderful. I don't hear any kookaburras uh, chirping or koalas chomping on. Uh, no, no, but they're, they're about, they're about. Okay. It's a beautiful, beautiful blue sunny day here, so they're out and about. I, a little quick side story that has nothing to do with anything we're talking about. I believe you were impressed that I knew that wombats are commonly killed by cars in Australia. Yes, yes. How do you, do you even know that, though? I think in elementary school that there was like a really – it was a real problem for you guys. Maybe it still is. But yeah, I remember reading I, like like from an ecological standpoint, like there, you were losing a lot of wombats. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, in, in certain areas for sure. It happens a lot. There you go. So there's your tidbit for the day. If you didn't know that, wombats, extremely easy to run over with your car. So, Well, they move uh, slow. It's hard for them to get out of the way. Ah, there you go. There you go. So uh, today, Pippa, we're going to talk about what you talk. I don't even know what we're talking about. What are we talking about, Pippa? We are talking about taking my children on their first cruise. Ooh. I love it. So how old were the kids when they first went? They were six and seven. Okay. And we drove down to Sydney. I live in Brisbane, so it was a 12-hour car ride. Is that uh, near Brisbane? Yeah. Like I live, well, I live in Brisbane and uh-huh. when we cruised out of Sydney and, and it's, I'm going to say, 1,000 kilometres. So is that 600 mi- miles? Something like sure. that. Sure. Um, so 12-hour road trip. However... The, to start it off with, because um, I used to work on board the cruise ships, I've got friends still that work on board the cruise ships, and I got a friends and family rate. Ah, so, yeah. And that's important to note because you, how many years did you work for Royal Caribbean? Uh, nearly eight, eight years. Wow. Okay, so eight years on a cruise ship. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if we ever told this on the air, which, uh, which ships did you work on? Oh, boy. Um, all old school. Majesty, Monarch, Grandeur, Legend, uh, Sovereign, Viking Serenade, apparently where I met Ron back in the 80s. Um, <laughs> That's, an That's a joke for four and a half people. <laughs> <laughs> then, um, and then Millennium and Mercury with Celebrity as well because in uh. the I worked in the casino and being sister companies, they actually did both – both sides in the casino. So that was cool. And you met your husband on board a ship. Am I right on that? I did. I did. I met him on the Millennium. So that was 20 years this year. So very cool. Congratulations. Thanks. 
And then you did one sailing as a guest uh, once you left the company. Is that accurate? That's right. In So I left in 04 and then in 09 went uh, to LA and got on the Mariner of the Seas. Oh. And that's a funny story as well. Again, met up with a friend of mine that still worked on board and he had a crew cabin, but uh, it was like a three berth crew cabin. Um, and it was just himself because he was the assistant manager. And so we actually signed on into his cabin and got a very, very, very cheap cruise. But that was Ooh. the first time as passengers on, on board the ship. So that was, it was awesome. Loved it. I, want, I wonder if you could still do that. I, I would say yes. Like a lot of the officers and they will bring their wives on board. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it Makes still sense. happens. Yeah. It's heavily discounted for them if they stay in a crew cabin. Okay. That makes sense. So which ship did you choose for your children's first cruise? Great question. So it was out of Sydney. It was the Radiance and it was a five-night cruise because I didn't want it. There's a lot of uh, long, longer cruises out of Australia being so far away. Mm-hmm. Uh, average is probably around 10-night 10, 10 cruise, but I didn't want to – get my boys on a ship and if they didn't like it, I didn't want to be, you know, stuck at sea for <laughs> a long time. So we picked a, a five-night cruise and it was just going back up the east coast east coast of Australia to Brisbane where we live and uh, New, Newcastle. So, so we so, went down – sorry, go on. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, you waited till they were seven. So is there a reason, particular reason why you waited that long? Was there logistical issues? Uh, you know, no, was it a it was, decision? <laughs> it, the thing is, is working so long on board the ships and by the time we got off, like you're in a different mindset. I was like, if I didn't see another ship again, you know, it, <laughs> it'll be too soon. Um, and then just the reality of living on land and, you know, getting married and having children and got the dog and just life. And then um, it just sort of came back into our lives around 20, 2013 and it was like, oh, yeah, you know, cruise ships and cruising and that was fun. Yeah, let's get back into it. <laughs> so that it just came about like that. So and it was, it was a good deal, like I said, a family and friends rate. So when we... When we got to Sydney, they can confirm that we had, like, a booking, but you can only get it if there's availability, and they couldn't confirm the availability. Um, so this has happened with me before, actually. My best friend was trying to get on to the Song of America, and they said, no, there's no cabins available. So she missed out. We set sail, and then once you set sail, they actually, you know, look in their computer and go, "Oh, we had five spare cabins." <laughs> so, but she missed it. She she missed out though. So with that, so with us in Sydney, we get there at like 10, 30, 11 o'clock, and they say, "Yep, we can see that you have this booking. That it's a possibility. However, we can't confirm that we have availability. We have a spare cabin. So you're just going to have to wait until four o'clock." So, so we're going to have to wait until four o'clock. So we had to carry, like, keep our luggage because we couldn't hand it in because we didn't know what cabin or if we were getting on board the ship. So we just had to walk around Sydney with our luggage and we had to also tell the kids that there might be a possibility that we're not getting on board the ship. 
Oh, gee, I don't know about yeah. Australian kids, but any but anytime you tell my kids there's a possibility the plans they have in their mind might not occur, it's their their, their brain explodes. It's like, but but we, yeah, we planned yeah. for this, like you know what I mean? Like they they just can't fathom alternative no, I, I possibilities. Know. Yeah, so it, it wasn't a good idea, but it's <laughs> you know what we what we went with. Um, so we just had to we went to the park and we could. It was sort of across from the ship so they could see the ship and, like, it's the radiance of the seas. It's not, it's you know, it's old school compared to now. Right. So we, got, we go back at four and bless the, the people on the desk. They were like, yep, look, I'm sure, yep, okay, we've got you in a cabin. And it was a, a five-berth uh, balcony cabin on deck nine. And they said, look, we'll just put you in this one for the time being. You probably won't stay in that one. You'll get moved. Um, but, you know, let's just get you on board. And it was just we were so grateful. We ran on board. We, You know, like when you take the photo um, of you on the ship, like the photographers are right there. Yep. Um, like our, we had the biggest smiles because, <laughs> you know, we got on, yes. So um, walking through and is it the atrium? Is that what it's called on the radiance? Uh, Centrum. Centrum. And I wish I videotaped it because to for the boys to walk into that area, their eyes just lit up like, yeah, it was Christmas. It was like, oh, my <laughs> goodness. They were so excited. It was just beautiful for them to experience that and just be so overwhelmed with it. It was great. That's fantastic. Uh, you know, obviously, it's good that you started off on a on a high note there. That's important. Um, <laughs> now, when you're when I'm curious how what your experience was like going on. You're on you're on the cruise and you're doing this thing with them. What was the um, experience like for you and your husband going on a Royal Caribbean cruise with kids? Did you find it a different experience than when you had obviously uh, done your one cruise as as Yes, and as yeah. well, of course, cruising as, as as crew members. Yeah, yeah. Well, having the kids and they they loved Adventure Ocean, so that was awesome. Good. But you're really you're tied to those times. You know, yeah. nine was it nine to twelve, two to five, seven to ten. Like just going back and forth, and okay, what can we do in these three hours? And go and you know. <laughs> so that was that was interesting that we were just so tied to that timetable. So. Um, but they loved Adventure Ocean. We didn't actually, we didn't go to the dining room because, like, I've got really rowdy boys and I didn't want to sort of not put anyone through that, but I just didn't trust them. Mm-hmm. However, the one formal night, um, we did take them and they rose to the occasion. I was so impressed. They they were really well behaved and uh, you know, and I think they just pick up on it because of the atmosphere and the environment. So that was a, a really pleasant surprise. That was very cool. Nice. Yeah, th- that, that sounds great. You know, the thing I recall uh, taking my kids on the cruise, and we, we started them off when they were very young, like six months old. And when they're that age, it's just an extension of what you're doing at home, right? But as they yeah. got older, I remember that it, you know it really was, you had to conscientiously slow yourself down. I remember we were in St. Thomas, I'm pretty sure. And we had cell, you have as an American, we have cell phone service again in St. Thomas because it's part of the United States. So, you know, we had like one of those days, and you know this, Pippa, where the kids are just nothing works. All your plans, 
out the door, you know, and it's just awful. And I call yeah. my mom and I'm just telling her, you know, it's like day three of a seven night cruise or not. It's not like the last day. I mean, whatever day three, it's not going the way I wanted it to. And I'm like, you know, I don't know what to do anymore. Like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm frustrated, you know, and my mom was like, listen, you just, sometimes you just have to, no matter what your plans are, you got to take it back a step and just move at their pace. And that was a lesson that took me a long time to to really put, wrap my mind around because it's you're kind of feel, feel like you're giving up as an as a parent but it mm. really going at their pace and you know doing it that way to me made it a much more enjoyable experience for everybody uh included yes. and that's probably one of the biggies like you said you're working around the adventure ocean schedule you're working around yep. their 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 eating schedule like there is no oh we'll just skip lunch no there is no you're not <laughs> doing that you know there's no sitting around and yapping as adults like you know th- those little things that we take as adults for granted but you know for the kids it's just it it really becomes a problem i found that being a major uh transition for me yes yeah yeah no, I definitely can can see it and absolutely, you know, the the more that you can do to adapt with, around your surroundings, it will make it definitely much more pleasurable. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I got to take the boys to the theatre and they saw a show. There was like a, ju- a jug- juggling um, magician and he was comedian and the boys just loved it. It was hmm. And then even in the dining room or the wind jammer, the food that you can give them, and if they don't like it, okay, but you know what? You can try all these different foods and it doesn't matter. It's, it, it's, I think it's such – it was great. It was awesome. Yeah, I great, love that. I think my kids my kids definitely love the wind jammer to the point, Pippa, when we're at home or anywhere, they at a restaurant – and they're like, can I try this? And they're like, we're not in the wind, Jeremy. You can't just order whatever you want over here. You got to you gotta pick one thing. That's what you're having for dinner, kids. But in oh, on yeah. a cruise ship, oh, sure. Yeah. Go. You don't like the burger? I don't care. Go get something else, you know? It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very liberal. Oh, we, we have a tradition um, and that at the end of the night, we'll go and get them hot chocolates. Um, so, and they just love that. Oh. It's very special. Nice. That's that's great. Yeah, it's nice to have those little things there. Uh, with them. what type of room did you have on this cruise? So we we got to stay in this beautiful deck nine five berth cabin, and it was excellent. A nice. balcony. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, and what about your experience on shore with them? Did they end up doing things that you like to do even before you went cruising with them, or was it a little different? Well, actually, for that particular cruise, um, and it was our first experience with Adventure Ocean as well, and we found out that, you know, the kids could stay till 2 o'clock if you paid for it, and I was, like, really surprised, and I'm like, do kids really do that? Like, do you have beds here? Like, how does that work? And they go, oh, no, they stay up. They have a great time. And then we found out that in port, like, you can leave the kids there. Yep. So, like I said, we went to two Australian ports. Um, we only got off in one of them because we didn't get off in our home town of Brisbane. We just stayed on board <laughs> the ship and hung out at the pool. Um, but in Newcastle, we, yeah, we we went out, we got the boys off the ship to take photos, like with the pirates and the, you know, photographers. Um, and then they went back to Adventure Ocean. They enjoyed it. We got off and it was the first time 
like, you know, oh, is, is that legal? Is that allowed? Like, are we bad parents? You know, what happens if, you know, this or that happens? So that was interesting, but, you know, now, now it's irrelevant. <laughs> They're older. Um, <laughs> so on that note, actually, how many cruises have the boys been on since that one? Oh, uh, I would say like roughly six. Okay. How has yeah. that, I know, I know we're kind of moving past the original story here, but I'm just curious from that first cruise, what advice, now you've been on them with six or seven more times. If you go back in time and talk to yourself for that first cruise, what would you tell yourself? What advice would you have given yourself about cruising with your kids? <laughs> I would probably say, I would probably say like, go on more. <laughs> like it is, it's such an easy vacation. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the whole like I love packing for them and, you know, you unpack once and you go to different destinations and places. Like we've taken them to Grand Cayman and Jamaica and um, San Francisco and just opening up their eyes to the big wider world. It's, you know, travelling is the best anyway, but to start off, I think, yeah, when you're younger and to, to experience it. And when we did our big trip to America, they were, I think, 11 and 12 or yeah 11 and 12 and so they definitely will be able to remember those experiences um that will stay with them forever so it's it's great yeah cruise more that's what i say cruise that's fantastic i like it yeah, I mean, it, it sounds it's, it sounds like a lot of your experience is very similar to you know what I had with with my first uh, cruise with, with our kids, and you know it, it's it's a different thing. But I, I love the adventure ocean thing. I'm we're big. I remember the first time Pippa we left our kids in Adventure Ocean while we were in port. I think I'm pretty sure it was Cozumel, and I think half the time my wife was having a heart attack. Like, oh my god, what have we done? Like, you know, it's like yeah, it's, it, it almost felt like you you you. You like you you roped your dog to a tree and be like, I'll be right back, you know. And it was like, <laughs> like that was the kind of thought process going through your head. And then you get back, and I remember I think we were like, whatever we did, we were running through it. We just wanted to get done as quickly as possible, get back on the ship, fearing that our children were crying and having a miserable yeah. time. And we got yeah. back, and they were like, Why are you here? We want to stay longer. And I was like, uh, Okay, I guess we're going to the pool. <laughs> Uh, my, my kids still talk about was it Gaga Ball? They love that oh, game. And, yes. Yeah. And yeah, Gaga Ball is yeah. a classic. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. No, it's all it's, it's so good. <laughs> awesome. Well, Pippa, thank you again for joining me here. Always a pleasure to have you on here, and uh, hopefully we'll have an t- opportunity very, very soon to talk more uh, Royal Caribbean with you. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> All righty, guys, time for another listener email session. And, uh, of course, you can always email me at matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. First email this week is from Don, who writes, Jude and I were just talking. For fun and recreation, we plan cruises and the associated trips and excursions. Since that's your job, what do you do for recreation? Stay safe, Don. Don, thanks for the email. You know, um, I know it's my job, obviously, to work on Royal Caribbean Blog because I'm a full, I do this full time, but... I'll be honest with you guys, it's 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 still fun. It's still my vacation. It's just a different kind. Yeah, I don't maybe, you know, do it in the same... I work while on board the ship in the sense that, you know, I'll be doing a live blog or taking photos and, and whatnot. But, you know, they, they say if you do what you love, you're never truly working or you never feel that way. And I really do feel that way about what I do. So we really do do this for recreation. It is recreation because I don't perceive it as like, oh, I got to go on a cruise. It's like, yes, yeah, so I got to go on a cruise. And yeah, I got to do some work along the way. 
but that doesn't bother me. That's 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 the that's the 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 frosting on top. That's the best part about it. Is like, yeah, I got I have to quote unquote I have to go on a cruise, you know, because I it's it's what I do for my living. So, um, it is that. I mean, if we're not doing that, I would say my other if I had to go somewhere else or do something other than that. Number one thing, I, I love going to New York City. I grew up in the Northeast. I love trips up there. It's a, for me, it is a gastronomic tour. I think they have the best food in the world in the Northeast of the United States, whether it's pizza or uh, bagels or pizza or bagels. Yeah, they have great food up there. I love it. And uh, my wife is a big Broadway fan. So we go to, you know, we'll go to New York City and go to Broadway. And it's, there's just nothing like New York City, you know, especially in the United States where, you know, in terms of one little small area, you have access to so many different things to do. So I absolutely love going to the Northeast and especially if it means a break from the weather we have here in Florida, which is usually hot and humid, to have like temperate uh, temperatures. It's really, really nice. So there you go. Thanks, guys. Uh, next email is from Dan Stober of uh, Harriman, Utah. Uh, hi, Matt. When we were listening to our uh, bucket list, oh, when you were listing your bucket list on episode 357, The Bro Cruise, you mentioned a transatlantic and provide a couple of reasons that you would choose a westbound sailing. There's another even better reason to choose a westbound that might have interest you. It's 10 hours longer. The time difference between the Western Europe and the East Coast of the United States is uh, five hours. If you sail eastbound, your cruise companies will tell you you set the clocks ahead one hour on five different nights. On the other hand, you sail westbound, you'll get an extra hour of sleep on five different nights. Voila, a net of 10 extra hours. Love your podcast. Dan, that is a great perspective right there. Absolutely. I, I think that uh, I got to remember that whenever I uh, take my first transatlantic, I got to make that work right there. Next, we have an email from James Gatton, where I say, Matt, uh, it's me, the annoying one from Facebook Messenger. First of all, that's not true at all, James. Welcome, James. Uh, James writes, I want to tell you my fun, unique story of cruising and how my second cruise started as a nightmare from Hades, but ended up great. Me and my wife went on our very first cruise in 2014 on Vision of the Seas on a four-night cruise. I know, but we enjoyed the four nights so much that I was hooked right away as we both booked at next cruise. Our first cruise is exceptional. We loved it. Our next cruise, I did not as much. Our next cruise was in 2016 on Freedom of the Seas with our six-month-old daughter at the time and my wife's family. We arrived for embarkation day and got onto the ship, went to the Wind Jamer to eat lunch, and after lunch, that is where my nightmare begins. Me and my father-in-law wanted to explore. My wife wanted to go to uh, our room to relax and let our baby take a nap. So me and my father-in-law set out to explore. We reached the pool deck. Yes, we started from the bottom and worked our way up without using the elevators as we wanted to burn out some calories to make room for dinner. We reached the pool deck and I found myself needing to use the restroom. I find a restroom near the squeeze bar. I enter the bathroom and immediately find a floor sign saying caution wet floor. Noticing the sign, I stepped carefully through the waiting water. Yes, you read that right. The floor was wet, but standing water in the bathroom was nuts. I, uh, I do my business and proceed to wash my hands like a humble, responsible human being. I turn away from the sink and I slipped, but before I hit the floor, I caught myself but not before my knee pops and excruciating pain goes all the way down my leg. I don't think anything of it as it was just sore and from hearing nightmare stories of people needing medical assistance for getting ridiculous bills, so I decided I'm gonna just walk it off. Later that night, after we set sail and after dinner, I'm now limping in extreme pain to the point I'm crying in pain. One of the officers at guest services counter sees me limping and crying in pain and comes to me and says, hi, my name is Fabio, what happened, what hurts? I tell him my knee hurts really bad. He asked if he could if he could roll my pant leg up to see my knee. Needless to say, he couldn't, as my knee had swollen so bad that my jeans were very tight around the knee. So he yells to the counter for his coworker to assist on coming down for medical. 
They get me down to the medical and they take an x-ray. The doctor comes back after 15 minutes and tells me that nothing is broken, but my knee is sprained very badly. He then asks me how this happened. I proceed to tell him what had happened. He pulls out his work phone and calls for an investigation into my story. He gives me a knee brace and some Vicodin and puts me into a wheelchair and tells me that I'm not able to get off the ship the next day at San Juan. Bummer as I was really looking forward to seeing that. Later that night, I had security and Fabio at my stateroom letting me know that there was no camera footage of me sleeping in the bathroom. I already knew this as there would never be any cameras in a bathroom. The security guy did state that the water issue had been taken care of and the attendant didn't pay attention to the amount of water in that bathroom. About 9 p.m. is when another knock on my door came. It was from the room attendant with a bottle of wine and two glasses and a card from Fabio. The card read, sorry you have to go through this. If you need anything, let me know. The next day was really long as we just wheeled around myself around the ship, uh, an empty ship that is, and just looked at San Juan uh, at a look. We were looking at old San Juan, looking at a little pizza hut sign, wondering if my wife was eating some wonderful Puerto Rican food without me. This is when I wheeled myself to Sorrento's. The next day was a sea day and I was able to get uh, some crutches to more easily maneuver around the ship. During the sea day, I am crutching myself past guest services on my way to get some pizza and see Fabio sees me and says the doctor wants to see me. He just wanted to see how the swelling was coming down. So let me know if I could get off the ship on the next day at St. Thomas. He asked me what I had planned to do on St. Thomas to see if it would hurt for or help hurt me if I was able to get on board off the ship. I told him I had an excursion and snorkeling. He said the swimming would help the knee, but to not use the fins. I said that it would keep the fins off and take it easy and allow me to get off the ship, and he did. I went snorkeling that day, and oh my gosh, that was amazing. I loved every minute of it till I tried to get out of the water onto the catamaran. My knee was, wasn't swollen, just really stiff and hurt. The snorkel gear assisted me into the catamaran and told me to take a break. The captain busted out some rum punch for me and said for me to take it easy, so I drank and took it easy. You don't have to tell me twice at this point when you're putting a drink in my hand. By the last day of the Seven Night Cruise, me and Fabio had talked a lot. It was a nice building of a friendship with the staff. Now fast forward two years, not one, but two years. I'm back on Freedom, and lo and behold, who do I see at guest services? Fabio. He sees me right away and shouts, Mr. James, is that you? I said, yes, I needed to get rid of that bad taste of this ship out of my mind and wanted to give another shot. I'm so glad I did, as we're booked for Freedom of the Seas yet again in October 4th, 2020. I'm certainly hoping to see Fabio again. It's not, if not, that's okay. This is my third time on Freedom. I love the ship. We just literally YOLO booked a grand suite on Mariner of the Seas for January 22nd, 2021. Can't wait for that. That cruise, no kids with us. Uh, and that is me and my wife's anniversary cruise. Thanks for reading my fun story of my nightmare on Royal Caribbean. Have a great day or night. <laughs> well, I'm really glad it turned out really well there. I mean, obviously, listen, slip and fall, you know, you never obviously can't know when it's when it's going to happen. But I'm really glad that I got taken care of and that it wasn't, you know, it didn't, you were you were able to obviously recover from it. But also the crew did such a great job of uh, checking on you and taking care of you. So uh, great stuff right there. And I'm going to say one more thing. This is nothing with your story, but you mentioned very early on you, you hurt your knee. And then you went, you were debating, you said, well, I don't want to go to get to medical because you were worried about the bill that was going to be there. And we ran through a very similar situation uh, when one time my, my wife was not feeling well to the point where it was more than like, you know, a headache or something like that. She was really not feeling well. And we were literally like, well, do we go to the doctor on board and, and have this taken care of? But who knows what the bill is going to be when we're done with it? Or do we suck it up and hope it doesn't become anything major, right? And I hated that mentality. That's why I started getting a uh, travel insurance policy for me and my family. Up to that point, I never got travel insurance. I was like, what's the point of it? I, I know what the point of it is, but I never really thought it was necessary for us. But again, as you're, you never know, because like all insurance, it's a complete waste of money until you actually need it. Then it's the best thing you ever spent, right?
So, little uh, little tidbit there for anybody who's uh, contemplating. Because, again, I'm not saying everybody needs to get insurance. I'm not saying that everybody shouldn't get insurance. I'm saying that it really depends on your situation. And our last email today is from Liz from Minneapolis who writes, While your podcast has become uh, about our best cruise stories, there is one story I think is important to tell your story. That is the story of Matt and all of us who listen to the Royal Coming Blog podcast. Like many others, after I discovered your podcast, I not only listened to current episodes, I also went back as far as my podcast app would allow, and then I went to your website for the entire backlog. So, I was listening to current episodes, middle-year episodes, in the early years. And after about two years listening, being about 75% done, the timing is right to share the incomplete, unscientific story of the Royal Green Blog podcast. Because there's much to say about a seven-year-old podcast that's in three, this is in three parts. Part one. Here's what stayed the same over the last seven years and things that many of us enjoy about the podcast. To focus on real advice, the good and bad of Royal Caribbean, the natural and authentic style, sometimes with your kids in the background, the interactive nature of the podcast with lots of listener engagement. You still don't like to fly, so hearing recently that Australia is on your bucket list was a surprise. Comparisons of Royal Caribbean over Disney, episode 43 with your Disney writers was hilarious. The number of people who tell you to slow down, I listen to your podcast 1.2 times speed, so I enjoy the fast pace. Your advice has stayed the same, and this is only a sample. Any ship is a good ship. Food is subjective, though we all know Indian curry and sushi will always get to the top of your list. Take reviews with a grain of salt. Someone gave the Great Wall of China one star. Each of us cruise differently. Fly in the day before your cruise and arrive early on embarkation day and start your vacation earlier. Use a travel agent. Personally, I've never done this, but when we start cruising again, I think I'm finally going to do this. Watch for part two soon. What's changed over the years? Thanks to the inf years of information, humor, and connecting me virtually to so many others who love cruising on Royal Caribbean. Holy moly, Liz, this is like the most in-depth analysis of anything I've ever done. Uh, this is amazing. <laughs> and you, there's absolutely nothing you wrote there, by the way, that is not incorrect. I'm not saying it's the end-all be-all, but I think you're absolutely right on that. And by the way, about the uh, point of Australia being on my bucket list, and that was surprising because I hate to fly, you're right about both. Again, bucket list is things I'd love to do, but uh, I don't think, I don't know that it'll ever happen, but it'd be nice to do that. So, um, wow. Yeah, so this is part one of three, huh? All right, I'll have to keep my eye out for the rest of I hope you all got a, a good laugh out of that as much as I did, because it's it's kind of funny that you guys pay that close attention to uh, to what we do here. So I really appreciate that. And if you have emails, whether it's a, a deep analysis of what I do or not, uh, you can always email me, matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon. <laughs>